Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Morning Show right here on Main Street TV. And Jennifer here with nobody this morning, but... We're here. We're just hiding. James is there. He's pushing buttons with Andy over on the other side. Uh, Our good friend Pete Wilson, there he is, as he comes running in. Almost around. It was a a brisk walk. But Pete is here, so we're going to do the news and talk about all kind of things that are going on. Look at you all nice and plaid this morning. All right. Well, yeah, it's a, it's that kind of day. Yeah? Right, exactly. A plaid felt, felt day. Like, felt, like a, felt like a plaid day. I like it. Got, very handsome. Got the white pants through contrast I there. know. I love it. You look very yeah. beachy. Yeah, that's right. Like you should be in Nantucket or that's something. A, that's right. I try to be very mindful when I accessorize. <laughs> Does that mean not, that, not not really? It's whatever is the next thing hanging up. Well, I was gonna say, does that mean that Pam picks out your outfit? Um, she does sometimes. <laughs> but uh, the the reason that I was running just a minute or two late, and I apologize for that, is it's okay. I, I was just getting some information about uh, a very serious fire that occurred yesterday evening here near Jackson. Okay, um, but it happened on the Beaver Pike. Uh, about maybe five miles outside of town to the west. Oh. And uh, the Liberty Township Fire Department was the main responding fire department. However, they had help from the Jackson Fire Department, the Scioto Township Fire Department, and even the Beaver Fire Department on down the road Wow, okay. But this occurred, uh, the fire call came in approximately 5.30 p.m., uh, and uh, the firefighters were there for about two and a half hours, but they went to 10774 Beaver Pike, which is the residence of Thomas Washington. Hmm. And the location would be about a half mile west of Whaley Town Road. Okay. Uh, and about uh, east of Cove Road in that section there. And because uh, the house was right on the road, and because there were lots of fire trucks and apparatus there, uh, they had to close down that road, too. So a lot of folks were probably affected on the traffic control as well. Gotcha. But it was closed for a couple of hours there because, you know, they had to have a place to put the fire trucks sure. and the hose and all like that. Hey, Pete, say that address again real quick for me. It was 10774 Beaver Pike. That's a Jackson address, but, of course, outside the corporation limit. Uh, there yeah. in Liberty Township, just before you get to Scioto Township. So this was the house fire? This this was a house fire. It was oh. a single story, a double wide. And uh, there was nobody home when the fire occurred. The cause of the fire, unknown at this you time. You just don't hear a lot of house fires in the summer. Like, not, you not, know. Not, not as many because, you know, when the weather gets cold, a lot of times, you know, heating related. Right. Uh, you know, uh uh, fires occur, people trying to keep their homes warm, uh, using a wood burner, fireplace or whatever, you know, heightened chance of, of fire there. And sure. also, you know, just when you're heating in general. But uh, on this fire, uh, talk with Larry Foster, who is the kind of like the uh, spokesman for the Liberty Township Fire Department. Okay. He told me that um, nobody home at the time of the at the time of the fire, they didn't know uh, exactly what caused it. There's uh, the house. Okay, there it is right there. Anyway, anyway they, um, they have asked for the state fire marshal's office to come in. And when that happens, it's not necessarily because arson is suspected or necessarily. It's just you have, just an, unex- investigate. You have, an, you have an unexplained fire. Right. Uh, thankfully for, that, uh, for the folks who live there, Larry thought it was uh, three persons who lived in the residence. 
uh, the home was insured, the losses were insured. Okay, good. He is thinking that even though the structure is still standing, the interior was pretty well gutted. He is counting that as a total loss, and that might be how it gets counted on by insurance. They okay. may or may not be able to uh, rebuild that structure. But anyway, that occurred once again uh, yesterday evening. Uh, just so happened that at the time, the Jackson Fire Department had been called out to days in for an alarm. Now, there was no fire there, oh, but that okay. is where they Thank were goodness. when a real fire occurred. Oh, no. And so, uh, you know, the Liberty Township Fire Department right now is backing up the Jackson Fire Department on about everything because of the lack of firefighters sure. uh, in Jackson. And actually, uh, that is a problem in a, in a lot of the small town fire departments uh, because most of the folks who are on the fire department are volunteers. That's right. There may be a token pay, you know, per hour call out fee or whatever. But you're just but, doing but, it but for, the, for most, the good of For your... the most part, yeah, it's service oriented. They, yeah. are, they are true heroes, yes. these, these firefighters. Absolutely. The only full-time fire department we have in Jackson County or in Vent County for that matter is the Wellston Fire Department. And even there, with three full-time firefighters, uh, a fire chief and two assistant fire chiefs, most of the people on the roster are volunteers. Yes. So that was uh, the that was the latest news uh, that we had, and that's what we were gathering there just before we just before we came on the air. You always hate to hear the fire situation. Yeah, ab absolutely. Uh, the first meeting of the Wellston City Board of Education uh, with the new superintendent was yes. held. On Monday evening, and that is Dr. Brian Rao. Of course, we told yep. you there he is. that uh, we told you that he would be, uh, you know, conducting that meeting. May have some things to say, and he did uh, talked in general about how his first few days have gone there in office. Uh, if you're looking there at the picture that uh, James has put up for us, that's Dr. Rao on the left, and then uh, to his right uh, would be a. a Raider, Gary, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Roger Raider, uh -huh. and the other school board members, Betty Jenkins, a total of five school board members, but there they are at that first meeting. If you go to the Wellston City Schools website, uh, Dr. Rao has already put on a superintendent's message, which is, I thought, very well done uh, yeah. about his feeling and philosophy and what he is going to try to achieve as the, uh, you know, the chief administrator for the Wellston City School District. Of course, he comes from the Manchester School District yes. down in Adams County, and uh, he replaces uh, Marianne Hell from Vinton County, who served as interim superintendent yep. uh, for most of the, of the previous school year, and of course, before her, uh, Karen Bach, who yes. was superintendent for some time at Wellston, now at the Gallia Vinton ESC. He's so enthusiastic and, and excited. So I'm I'm hoping that is infectious. He, he does come across he, as a very positive individual. Is. And he he really hits hard on this. He hits hard on his background. He started out as a basically a substitute teacher. He did. And so yes. he, he really feels uh, an empathy uh, with the educator in the room, uh, not just a, because from, he's been there and done all that. He, he's yeah. been he's been there and he knows Yes. That the only way he is going to be successful is if everybody is pulling together. That's just not the staff, but, you know, the community and whatever. And so he is sure. trying to create these relationships on the fly right now. I know that. Yes. All right. Uh, but uh, school is starting very soon. We have come around and believe it or not, it, uh, to some folks, that's the end of the summer when school starts. Even on I, the calendar, it's not. It's not, but it is crazy. I know Jamie asked me this morning, he said, when does school start? I said, I think it's next week. And he was like, what? Yeah. Well, we, ha we have. I think so. Well, we'll tell you when school starts. Okay. All right. Because I know it's all over the map. 
The Jackson City School District starts on August the fifteenth. That is Monday. Yes, they are out of the they are out of the gates first of our four local school Crazy. districts. Both the Vinton County and the Wellston school districts will start on Wednesday, okay. August the seventeenth. And Oak Hill will be a week after Jackson. They start on Monday, August the twenty second. Okay, but we're just about at the point where now uh, all the professionals are back in the buildings, mm-hmm. getting orientation or whatever. Uh, yesterday, I attended uh, I attended a uh, new teachers luncheon for the Jackson City Schools. The ten teachers oh, who great. represent uh, the, the new faculty members in the Jackson City Schools were treated to lunch at La Rosa's Pizzeria. Uh, had a nice buffet there with you with those huge chocolate chip cookies that oh, they cook up right. for dessert or whatever. <laughs> and uh, the new teachers are there on the front row. I'm going to go ahead and name them because a lot of people are going to. Uh, become acquainted with them, certainly the parents and students who have them. But there on the front row are the are the new teachers. They are um, Northview Elementary Intervention Teacher Riley Swingle, Northview Intervention Teacher Allie Garcia, Southview Elementary Intervention Teacher Kristen Crabtree, Southview Special Needs Teacher Rachel Rutherford, Westview Elementary Reading Teacher Deborah Dunning, Westview Intervention Teacher Mindy Jackson, Middle School Intervention Teacher Abby Potter, Middle school music teacher Emily Rodesh, high school librarian Elizabeth Claxon, high school band and elementary music teacher Mallory Scaliff Wilson, and high school math teacher Eric Derek Pratt. Now the folks on the back are all their bosses. You've got Superintendent Phil Howard, uh, many members of his administrative staff, uh, and you have the building principals there as well. Gotcha. And school board member Kim Harless was also in attendance. We'll have that picture there in uh, our Saturday paper. Back to the Wellston School Board meeting that was held on Monday. Uh, they do in-service as well, but some of the new teachers that were hired uh, just before the school year at that meeting, they were there for a picture as well. So we'll show you their picture. There is Dr. Rao, of course, on the right. On the left is School Board President Terry Gill, and these are two of the three new school school teachers who were hired at the Monday meeting. There are others, but these were the ones who were hired with the school year just uh, basically more than a week away. And there in the middle are uh, are uh, Heather Kilgore and Stephanie Oosley. They are uh, the new teachers that were hired uh, at the school board meeting on Monday. And once again, the Wellston City School District starts uh, on Wednesday, August the 17th. All right, uh, you know, a lot of people get excited about the school year, sports going on, football and like that, but just working as hard in the summer with band camps and like that oh are my. our local bands. Yes. Uh, and uh, all the local bands have been through their so-called preseason workouts. Uh, that is the Jackson High School Band performing at the Meet the Band night, which was held recently on a Friday evening. And the new the directors for the uh, Jackson Band program, we're going to show you them as well. There they are, and we're going to show them to you left from right, from left to right. Uh, Majorette instructor Alicia Mannering, flag director Sarah Harris, flag director Ashley Ross, and the director of bands uh, Ryan Hurd, assistant director Keith Wilson, and assistant director Mallory Wilson, and staff member Mary Elizabeth Billman, who has helped for many years, mm-hmm. as we know. She has. But that is the brain trust for the Jackson Marching Ironmen, and I understand 170 members. Yes. They, Can you it may be that? the largest band in southeastern Ohio. It's between them and Logan. So. 
That's a lot of instruments and kids. I think we can honestly say that. I can say this with a straight face. The band programs in our all four local schools are excellent. Unbelievable. High participation and great performances. Bryce Wurtz, of course, has been doing it for quite a long time down in Oak Hill with the Marching Oaks. Uh, Emily Talley is in her second year at Wellston with the Marching Rockets. And in... Uh, Benton County, there's a new uh, a new band director, Sam Kugel. Now, Sam is well known here in the Jackson District because he hasn't been an assistant with Ryan Hurd for several years, and yes. now he's got his own band uh-huh. up in Benton County. He's traded in his it's red like shirt, band wars, his red shirt for a maroon <laughs> shirt. But there's going to be there's going to be uh, special band events that will happen, band competitions that all the bands will be involved in. Yes, there'll be the Jackson Apple Festival band show on Saturday, the Apple Festival. The Oak Hill uh, program always does a band festival as well in September. It's usually a week before the Apple Festival. I hadn't seen a date on that. Uh, and Wellston is a so-called competition band. They go to competitions, uh, several competitions throughout the fall, and they try to qualify for mm-hmm. state competition, which they almost always do. That's right. And we were talking when Ella was in here the other day of how fun would it be if they all combined together? You'd have like the biggest band ever. Right. Well, on some of these local band shows, uh, all the local bands are there or most of them. So those are great opportunities to see all the bands. And, you know, the band's not a sideshow at, uh, you know, like they are at, at, at the football games. It's a big part, but it's the halftime show, pregame show. Mm-hmm. But at these band festivals that they have, or these band shows, the band is the main Sure. Deal, and that's a chance to, to see them, and that's a great opportunity. And they usually charge admission for that, and that is a great way to support the band as well as see uh, the local musicians work out. So were you in the band, Pete? Um, I'm, I'll have to – this will be a true confession thing. Uh, they needed a trombone player. Uh, I came out in the sixth grade, which was a year behind most – kids. Yeah. And my mom, uh, even though she was a single mom at the time, but she made the uh, investment for a trombone. Uh, <laughs> and so I learned to play that. Uh, and then I unlearned to play that <laughs> in junior high. Just as quickly. huh? Right. And then the new band director in Jackson at that time, who was Bob Crawford, he did, you know, he wanted to make the band better and he made everybody uh, stand up and do a solo in front of everybody. And I, knew I couldn't do that anymore. I, 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 I could play before, not very good, but I could play, but I forgot everything that I knew didn't work at it or whatever. And so I'm a freshman and I'm supposed to stand up and, and play. And I actually broke out in tears and said, oh. I can't do it. Oh. And, and then, so, so he made arrangements to give me special lessons with a high school trombone player with a, you know, a lot more experience. And I learned again and I played America the Beautiful in front of everybody. Uh, but that was the highlight of my band career because I got out of it. Now, this is the truth. I got out of it after my freshman year. They had a thing called the cadet band then. Uh-huh, that was did, eighth yeah. and ninth graders. Mm-hmm. And then you had to be in the 10th grade to be in the high school band. I got out of it after cadet band for this reason. I was a football fan, and I didn't like where the band had to sit for the football games. Could not, hey, fair. I, I could totally not see fair. the field, could not see, and that was that. So I have a trombone in my bedroom behind the door. Do you still have it? It's still there. It's, oh. it's, it's been there now for, let's see, 40 years. If and you, you don't can, bring that in and play it someday. And, and you, can, you can have it for a very low price, <laughs> all right? But it's there. 
So there you have it. I think that's he should not, have to bring it in. That's not terribly different than my band story. Yeah, right. I think that's <laughs> kind of everybody's o- band story. And Oak Hill, the band was so small, you got to do high school band and junior high. So by the time I was a sophomore, I'd already done it for three years. <laughs> oh, god! I was like, well, I've done it. I don't really want to I'm, do I'm it. over this. Yeah, I don't need to do this for three more yeah. years. <laughs> But anyway, I mean, it was still a great experience because you're part of something. It's just like being on a, on a sports team. It's not that I didn't enjoy it. I just didn't make it a priority. And when it sure. came to the football seating, that was the breaking point. Well, I don't blame you, Pete. All I right. mean, it's okay. good seats or bust. All right. I, I quit on that one. All right. I All quit right. On that it's one. fine. Totally fine because I am a band quitter myself. Okay. Yes. All right. But you are a horse queen. That's true. You are and you always will be. Thank you. All right. Okay. Another big piece of news that has happened, and we're going to have more information on that. You know, maybe this gentleman will be on TV here one of these days. Okay. They have a new ag agent at work now, uh, agriculture agent, uh, for actually agriculture and natural resources specialist, I think it is. Okay. Uh, but basically what we used to call the ag agent, Dave Samples, had yes. that job forever here in Jackson It was County. our Dave Samples. Right. Yes. When Dave retired, uh, what, in about uh, almost 20 years ago, mm-hmm. They didn't immediately replace the position because of money, and that has gone on and on and on. And they didn't even have enough money locally to fund the 4-H position. They had to do fundraisers and like that to keep Aaron Daly working um, to make up for what the state expected the locals to pay. But now more money is available at the county level. They made a commitment, and an ag agent, uh, they did interviews earlier this year, and that gentleman has been hired and is oh. now at work. I think he just maybe started this week or maybe last week. Okay. His na- I don't know a whole lot about him. I did talk to him on the phone. His name is Josh Winters. Okay. And he does have an, uh, an extension agriculture background. And uh, he is working out here at the OSU Extension Office right there on Standpipe Road. And uh, he um, will uh, be in here on Monday uh, to to talk with one of the sappers, myself or one of the sappers through an interview. And at that time, I'm sure maybe we can set him up to be on Main Street TV. And, would uh, love that. And and also the radio as well. That but, would be great. But he is finally at work. They hope that it would be earlier than what it was, but he is now at work. He is the new agriculture and natural resources educator. That is the his actual title. Love it. And speaking of Aaron Daly, of course. Yeah, that was going in, to be my next question. Now in Gallia County no longer in Jackson County, nominally at least, they are interviewing to replace her okay. position. It's not that, you know, this is a tip for a tap. We got an ag agent. We've lost a 4-H agent. Okay. They are going to re- be replacing her position. Well, it's going to be she, tough shoes to fill. Right. She, she Oh, yeah. She, uh, now, she just got through the Gallia County Fairs. So I'm <laughs> guessing that she might be uh, kicking back a little bit this I week. hope so. Two, two fairs it. in three weeks. Yeah, but, that's a lot. But anyway... Um, uh, that her position will be replaced, and she thought it would be, you know, this summer sometime or okay. towards the end of the summer, and they would certainly be ready to roll uh, as the new year comes and a new fair season comes up, a new 4-H season comes up. All right. Um, you want to talk some COVID-19? I don't want to talk about that, Pete. Okay. Well. I ran into a friend yesterday. Um, she just had it for the third time oh, no yeah okay it, what did she tell you is she vaccinated she is not okay um, well that's, and that's a little bit to, of it. Right. uh but yeah she just had it for the third time and i was just like wow that is rough. okay and about how old is this lady um i would say 
60. Okay. All right. Was the, uh, of the three cases that she had, I mean, how severe were they? Very. Like, um, just really just felt bad. Like, um, like like couldn't get out of bed. Yes. Flu-like. Okay. Not like more breathing issues, but like just felt really, really bad. Right. Well, we remember that the Senior Citizen Center uh, was uh, closed for congregate, you know, in-person activities for several weeks there in July. They started back up July the 26th at Jackson, Oak Hill, and Wellston, the senior centers, the meals, and other in-person activities there. So you know that there were some local cases, probably some preventive concerns because, you know, COVID-19 does tend to have, uh, you know, more serious effects with uh, older people and people with uh, uh, health-compromised diseases Mm -hmm. and so forth. But... uh, the COVID-19 cases have inched up throughout this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Jackson County, uh, the latest report was 142 new cases uh, in uh, a one-week period from July 31st to August 7th. That's a lot, 142. That's a lot. Yeah. There are now 151 active cases as of when this report was filed last Monday. In Benton County, uh, the numbers are up from um, 43 cases two weeks ago to this week, 46 active cases. And they have gone, I can tell you the memory that they have gone up just a little mm-hmm. bit, both Jackson County and Benton County, about the same percentage. Uh, in Jackson County, uh, active hospitalizations, there are some people that are pretty sick. Six hospitalizations oh, wow. a week ago, eight this week. Oh, man. And uh, on uh, Benton County, uh, one related hospitalization a week ago, three this week. You know what? Very few deaths. I think I can remember maybe one in Jackson County this summer, at least one, and not sure about Benton County, probably zero. You know, I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking too to myself that, you know, with all of the at-home testing and, and a lot of the things going on, I'd say that there are many, many cases that aren't getting reported as well, well at this point. I always wondered about that, the asymptomatic cases. Well, first of all, a lot of asymptomatic people probably don't even know they have it, you know. Correct. Or even if you Cause I, know I think, you have it and you test at home and you just don't go to the doctor yeah. or whatever, they're never going to, you know, know. I'm guessing that a lot of the asymptomatic cases that are confirmed are ones where you get tested because you've been exposed or something. Correct. And or people aren't doing that now. it's a work-related thing or somebody being very careful before they go on a trip or something. Right. Uh, but... Uh, but the, but the number of cases are definitely going up. And as a matter of fact, um, Jackson County and Benton County are right now uh, designated by the state of Ohio as having high community levels of COVID-19. Uh-oh. But the fact is, this goes through most counties in the state. And the official recommendations of the CDC are wear a mask indoors in public, stay up to date with the COVID-19 vaccines, Get tested if you have symptoms and take additional precautions if you are at the highest risk for illness. Now, when there was 140 some cases in Jackson County months ago, you did see some masks and like that. Sure. Are you seeing them now? I No, not really. No. What would you I say? I was in Walmart the other day and I was pretty surprised how many people were wearing them. You, you had some? You saw yeah, some? Quite really? A few. Yeah, quite a few actually. But I, I well, that's more. It may maybe changing a little bit, but maybe. I, I've seen very few when I've been out. Me I mean, too. there always has been. A, you know, every now and then you see one. Like 
one in 50 maybe, yeah. something like that. That's just a guess. I feel like you're right. The last time we had the numbers go up, I feel like I started seeing like a lot of masks. And um, I was at the grocery the other day and I, I kind of pay attention. I didn't see a lot. Well, and, and I think one of the reasons you saw more masks, of course, you know, greater unknown at that time. And, you know, there were more hospitalizations and deaths earlier in this pandemic. Uh, but there was requirements, you know, when you went even to the big box stores that right. you wore a mask or, you know, they told you to wear a mask, whether they sure. would call you out if you didn't, <laughs> that, you know, was questionable. But You know what I would like to do? And maybe I'll make a phone call to Kevin uh, Aston or, or somebody like I would like to keep up on the um, what the suggested like vaccine and then boosters and all that. I don't even know anymore what people are supposed to have and what they aren't. And um, I know some people have taken a third and fourth and fifth booster, and I don't even know well, um, what is recommended for different age groups and whatever at this point. Well, it's kind of a I I don't know either. It is confusing. And but, it's like if you're vaccinated, say, for example, you're going on a cruise and now they're just asking you to, to show that you're vaccinated. Well, does the fact that you were vaccinated when you could first get vaccinated count or does it have to be more recent than that? Well, and I don't know the answer to right. those I, I've questions. been involved in a couple of those situations and uh, you either had to show the card that you had vaccinated, but in the two cases where uh, there was a COVID-19 protocol. And one of these was not all that long ago, earlier this year, mm -hmm. you had to get tested again. Mm. You know, it wasn't good enough just that you'd been vaccinated yeah. at some time in the past. You had to take, you had to take the test again up front. Uh, but, uh, but the Jackson County and Vinton County Health Department, about anywhere you go, they are still doing the vaccines. You know, you, yeah. you may have to call and make an appointment or know the hours that you can go, but it's there. You check the websites of the Jackson County and Vinton County Health Department. They may not announce a clinic at a certain time, but they are still giving the vaccines. And I think the official recommendation is to get them, even though it is also true that a vaccine is not, you know, a surefire way to prevent getting COVID-19, as we have learned. Oh, absolutely. However, I mean however, the health department's numbers, the last number that I saw of the people that were hospitalized and, you know, we're talking about quite a few now. I don't have the number right in front of me, but 86% of them were unvaccinated. Okay. Oh, no, no. This is what they said. Not fully vaccinated. Gotcha. Because, you know, that you're talking about as many as three vaccines, maybe, to yeah. be fully yeah, vaccinated. Yeah, sure. Exactly. And, um, yeah, it would just be interesting to, to see how this whole thing shakes out. And if, you know, they're going to come out and say, oh, well, if you got vaccinated when you first were able to, that doesn't count anymore. You have to have a more recent, I don't know. Well, well it's going to be interesting. Well, and then where, where, what is one of the biggest areas where you have a lot of people together? Well, it's obviously our schools, right? Right. Well, we've got school starting here just next week. I haven't heard a peep uh, from any of the school board members or anything on school websites or information about you know, COVID-19 protocols. Now, I'm sure that there's things still set up in the schools and yeah. like that, but there yeah. isn't any talk about internet learning or whatever, yeah, which was widely that, considered to be unsuccessful. Yeah, oh, Maybe 100%. necessary, but unsuccessful. I think that, um, yeah, the, the more we can get those kids back to normal, you know, the better. And I think that our schools proved that um, you they did a really good job with keeping the numbers down. 
I think a lot of people were surprised. I thought, oh my gosh, what's going to happen when all those people I know. get together? You don't know. No. And, and there were cases, but not a lot. No. Now, I will say this. I, I do have direct knowledge that there have continued to be cases at some nursing homes, but here's what it is. It's staff members. Yeah. Not residents. Go figure. <laughs> But anyway, we'll turn away from COVID-19, but we will continue to keep an eye on that because like sure. I say, probably from June on, the cases have gone up just a little bit each mm -hmm. week. They're not going down or at, you could say maybe static mm -hmm. uh, a week or so, but for the most part, just inching up there just a little bit. All right. Uh, Jackson City Council meeting was held last Monday evening and it was a long one. And the reason was behind closed doors, they were learning about uh, their labor contracts from their labor lawyer. Uh, but in the city of Jackson, here is the big news. Um, the city of Jackson and the supervisors union, that is just six people who are supervisors. They unionized about 20 years ago in the city. Most city officials have not been happy that there is a union to the supervisors because they kind of consider them like bosses yeah. as opposed to rank and file workers. Yeah, but they did, they did unionize about 20 years ago. And I mean, I can tell you the reason was there was a change in administrations and they were worried maybe that they wouldn't be kept as employees. So they unionized. Mm -hmm. They were allowed to unionize and uh, they had a new contract come up and neither the administration or the union could get together on all the terms. They couldn't agree on a contract. So mm -hmm. it went to mediation and then it went to what they call a fact finder. And the fact finder, which is appointed by the state, uh, listens to both sides and then he or she makes a decision on the things they are disagreeing on. Gotcha. It is not binding arbitration, but is the next thing to it. There's no other step. When they had that vote on Monday evening, and this is after a long closed door session, council voted to accept the fact finder report unanimously, seven okay. to zero. They were all for it. That same day, earlier in the day, we didn't find this out until Tuesday, the six union members voted. They voted three for the comp, three to support the fact finder, three against the fact finder. So they did not approve the fact finder report. So what happens now? Yeah. Right? Because there's no other way to go. Unless one party, unless the city wants to make what they call a final best offer, which you don't expect them to do because they accepted the fact finder. Correct. The supervisor's union has two choices. They can just accept the fact finder report, even though they didn't approve it, or they can go on strike. Oh, my. Now, I've not received an official word from the union on that, but do not expect a strike. I don't expect that to happen unofficially. I've heard... Uh, what their feeling are on that. I don't know whether they'll even take a vote to strike, but that is their only other option other than just accepting the terms of the contract. Gotcha. It wasn't that they disagreed on everything. It was just the, my understanding a couple of things that they couldn't quite come to agreement on. So it ended up going all the way to mm. what they call the fact finder. All right. There's another labor contract that the city was negotiating, and that was with the non-uniformed employees. That's the rank and file employees you know, that work in the different departments that are unionized, not the police department. They have their own contract. Yeah, and that's of course, a whole other. Not the supervisors. So you're talking about a lot of employees. There are some employees that are non-union, but most are unionized. Okay. They had contract negotiations too, and they reached a tentative agreement. The terms have not come out yet, but the council unanimously passed uh, a resolution approving the tentative contract. We don't know the terms yet. The union 
rank and file have yet to vote, but its leadership agreed to present the tentative contract to them. There's a good chance that it will probably be approved, but that vote by the rank and file will probably be taken very soon if it hasn't already. I was told that I would be informed when that vote was taken by one of the union representatives. But that was the meat of the council meeting in Jackson. Wow, that's a lot. Uh, Another thing we want to tell you, remember we talked about these intersections where they're going to go from four-way traffic lights to four-way stop signs? And in the transitional period, which is supposed to be this month, I'm not sure any of that's happened yet, the traffic lights are going to change from, you know, uh, uh, red, green, and yellow to flashing red at both sides. And that's the transition to the stop signs. In the meantime... Four-way stop signs will be put up at all these intersections if they're not there already. They said that that transitional period would go until Labor Day Mm -hmm. or just a little after. They have decided to extend the transitional period now through the end of the Apple Festival. They know that a lot of new people come in to town. That might make sense. And they don't want them to suddenly (laughs) drive through town and say, hey, man, this has changed or or not be paying attention or whatever extra traffic in town. So they're going to give the public extra time to get used to it. So... At any time, maybe somewhere already, we have flashing lights, uh, flashing red lights instead of the regular traffic light signals at some of these intersections. But seven different intersections in town are affected. Yes. And remember, when you see, uh, when you approach one of these intersections, you see a flashing red light. That is like a four-way stop sign. Stop. You are supposed <laughs> to stop, even if you're, you, even if you're on what you would consider the main road. You need to stop. If you don't see anybody else coming, then you go on. Not a rolling stop. You stop. Like stop. <laughs> right. And if you and if the other person approaching the intersection gets there first, they get to go first. It's Whoever the, gets it's there first. It's not the person to the right or, or whatever, anything like that, or the person in the most expensive car or the biggest truck. <laughs> I mean, that may be what some people think, but that's not technically the law. <laughs> right. So... Uh, we can look for that to happen here, you know, very soon if it isn't already at these seven different intersections. And, you know, when we're on TV, you know, um, through, through these weeks, we'll give you progress reports and go over where those intersections are again. Okay. All right. In the city of Wellston, Jennifer, they are looking for a new Wellston city councilman. And the persons looking for the new Wellston city councilman are the Republican Party. Sure. They have the right to make the appointment because the person who resigned of the uh, at-large seat in the city of Wellston was a Republican. And this Makes is in sense. term. So the person that gets appointed uh, will serve through the remainder of the term. Fred Duby, who actually resigned as a uh, as the at-large councilman, didn't really leave council. He just went to the third ward position. That was where Rick Hudson, who is, the by the way, the brother of Wellston Mayor Charlie Hudson, mm-hmm. he was appointed Wellston City Council president. That left a vacancy in the third ward. Fred Doobie, who was at large, moved over to the third ward seat because that's where he lives, you know. So that was allowed, but that left a vacancy through at large. At large means you represent the entire city. Everybody votes on you. So the person who is going to replace Fred Doobie's position on at large council, uh, you have to live in the city of Wellston, you have to be a registered voter, and you have to be a registered Republican. All right, those, that's the criteria. But, you know, other than that, it can be anybody. The meeting where that appointment will be made by the Central Committee of the Republican Party is going to be Thursday, August the 18th, a week from this evening at 6 p.m. That will be just before the regular council meeting at 7 p.m. And uh, if you're interested, 
Uh, you can mail a letter of intent with contact information to the Jackson County Republican Party at Post Office Box 271, Jackson. You can send resume information as well, and they will pass it off to the Central Committee members who vote on it. The Central Committee covers the whole county, but because it's a City of Wellston thing, only the Wellston City Caucus members, called the Northern County Caucus, they will be the only ones that will vote on actually replacing this person. Okay. Those persons are Arthur Matthews, Adam Massey, and Cheryl Raymer. So uh, once again, interested persons are encouraged to contact the Jackson County Board of Elections to verify that they are an, an elector in the city of Wellston. In case you haven't voted for a while or you're not sure about your registration, you need to check with the Board of Elections and make sure you're qualified. So that's happening in the city of Wellston. All right, and uh, those intersections in the city of Jackson that I wanted to tell you about, uh, I'll go over those very quickly again because sure. I know you have to be ready for this. But the uh, traffic lights at the following intersections are going to are going to become flashing red lights. Soak very it all soon, in, <laughs> and then four, and then eventually uh, go to four way stop signs by the end of the Apple Festival. Pearl Street and Portsmouth Street, Pearl Street and Broadway, Broad Street and Portsmouth Street. Broad Street and Broadway Street, State Street and High Street, High Street and Main Street, and Broadway Street and Water Street. I mean, I'll put you on the spot, Jennifer. Does, does this make sense to you? Totally. Okay. But it's it's a lot to process, and you have to figure it out. Right. Uh, so I, basically, some of the, the red lights off of Main and the, downtown. There's definitely some places where you're stopping, and you, you're there for a minute, and there's no other traffic. I mean, that is Correct. true. You know, if everybody you know, obeys the laws and they're careful, they drive defensively, I think it should work out very well. Yeah. I see a lot of people in the morning treating regular red lights like a stop sign. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just go. There's no one here. Right. Well, you know, I think Brett Hinch probably talked about that. What he is concerned about is not so much people running stop signs as it is gunning to get through a red light yeah and he said that that's it, <laughs> they stop see, they signs see it slow changing people oh down. boy i'm going through there yeah no you're exactly right i i, I will say this you know not I, that you've I, ever I, done that before pete i i really try not to <laughs> but when i go through and i see a yellow light changing you know you know i want to certainly get under the light before it changes sure and what really gets me is Often the car behind me figures that they've got that right too. Know. You know, I'm going to hurry that, through because this guy's getting me through. You think they definitely are running something. a red light. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they're really running the red light. But you know that there are people that do this. They see the light changing. They even look on the other side and they see it's about ready to change. And they're ready to go too. So you better be careful. Yeah. Because somebody may jump the gun a second or two because they will go before the light actually changes because they see it changing on the other side. Yeah, you see and it that's all the time. not necessarily. Uh, a good practice so but no he um they're very thoughtful that the that the uh stop signs will you know help the traffic patterns for sure and he said fair warning here they are going to be monitoring and policing those intersections for a while so yeah i'm sure i'm if sure you they do are. something I've seen wrong you're going to get it <laughs> right you know I, I think there's lots of people who are guilty of the rolling stop on stop signs. 100%. And that is, that is, I mean, I can tell you that is against the law. I, it, you may think that it's, it's, I mean, a pause it's, it's is okay. not a stop. Are you speaking from experience, Pete? I, I'm not a rolling, <laughs> I'm not a rolling stopper. I'm not, I really do. Uh, he obey. abides I, by all Pete's the Pete's like, I can laws. tell you that you might <laughs> well, not think that's a, no, they're I'm, 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 I am a aggressive, assertive driver, but I'm also cautious. He stops 
at every stop sign when he sees a police officer around. A yellow light. A yellow, <laughs> me too. I, I, me, too. <laughs> me too. A yellow light is not a red light. All right. No. I go through yellow lights. Yeah. Okay. It means go real fast, right? It, it just yeah. means gun it. I mean, yeah, it means gun it. <laughs> Thus brings Lower us full it. circle to where the stop signs have come back into the right. news. And, and we've learned that there's are there are yellow lights that are yellow for one second and yellow lights that are yellow for five or six. <laughs> you're right. You got to kind of learn where, where those are too if you're trying to. Uh, go by the letter of the law. All right, another story we want to give you from Wellston, uh, Jen. Uh, just outside of town, there's a, on State Route 327, not too far from World Outreach Ministries, mm-hmm. um, there's a place called Harvest Crossing where there was going to be a subdivision at one time. Okay. Uh, this, was, uh, this was platted out and proposed, and it never happened. Well, now uh, that site is being revisited once again as a site for an apartment complex by Frontier Community Services out of Chillicothe. It has not happened. It's speculative at this time, but the issue has come before Wellston City Council because that location is just outside the city, and okay. they would need sewer lines extended to to that location. Uh-huh. And that is a big expense uh, and a big responsibility for the city of Wellston, but yet it's also a pro-development thing, and then you know you would get you know, the income from the sewer bills once they're right. there. So this is something that's through the city of Wellston right now. At the last uh, council meeting, Mayor Charlie Hudson addressed it. This location is just south of Berlin Crossroads. Uh, the city uh, had uh, had abandoned sewer lines in that area back in July 2021 due to issues with inflow and in- infiltration. The sewer lines were already there, but they abandoned them, and there wasn't you know a, a subdivision out there anyway, or okay. any apartment complex or housing. So, Frontier Community Service wants to know if the city would be interested in uh, you know getting those sewer lines to be active again. What Mayor Hudson said was, uh, he stated that the city would only be interested in reconnecting that area to its sewer system if certain steps are taken by the company or the owner of the property, such as bringing all manhole covers above grade, uh, ensuring that the right lift station pumps are in place to handle 46 apartments, that's what's proposed, Mm -hmm. and ensuring that the service lines are in working order. If everything works out and everything's a go, the mayor said, though, this could bring in forty dollars to $50,000 annually for the city's sewer fund. And, you know, when you spread out the cost, that can make it a little uh, less expensive for everybody. Sure. And by the way, the owner of Frontier Community Services is Jeremy Eisnoggle. Oh. So uh, he has acquired that property out there at some point. And so he would be involved in the process as well. Uh, Jeremy, of course, uh, one of the better well-known realtors here in Jackson, Uh owns that property out there. All right. uh, The uh, Vinton County... uh, County Caucus of the OVRDC met to prioritize local projects. What this means is the ARC, which is the Appalachian Regional Commission, has money every year for counties in our area because we're part of Appalachia. Yes. It goes through the OVRDC, which represents 12 area counties, including Jackson and Benton. They have a group called the County Caucus at the county level to say, hey, if ARC funding is available, what would you want the funding for. Mm -hmm. And then they rate the projects on a regional basis, and there may be more than one project in the county or maybe no projects in the county, depending on what is decided at the federal and the state level. 
In Denton County, they have decided the two top projects for funding through the ARC are the Garrett Ridge Waterline Project, which we've heard so much about, mm-hmm. uh, 52 yes. homes that would be served by public water that don't have water at all now, yes. unless uh, they maybe have an unsafe well, uh, potentially unsafe well, or they haul water. They a have lot to of people, haul it A in, lot of yeah. people haul water. And the second thing would be to improve or find a new location for the Vinton County EMS station. The current uh, okay. station is north of MacArthur on 93. It's considered inadequate in a number of ways. Okay. But those are the two projects there. Speaking of Vinton County, you can't talk about Vinton County or hear from Red Thompson without talking about tourism, mm-hmm. as you know. They believe that that is a big economic development potential driver for them because they're so close to the Hawking Hills. And Vinton County, yes. of course, has a lot of natural beauty. Of course. One of the spotlighted areas is Zaleski. Zaleski is the little village located. There's the there's one of the corporation signs. It is a corporated village and all. It is just south of Lake Hope State Park. Yes. So that is important. Lake Hope State Park, a lot of people don't want to believe this, but it attracts <laughs> one million visitors a year. Can you believe that? They wouldn't that? write it and put it out there if it wasn't true, would they? No. All right. Well, I mean, it is. I mean, they You read it on the internet, they, didn't you? Yeah. I, more than one place on it the must internet, be true. multiple internet places. <laughs> All right, but uh, but they do have a lot of cabins, a very popular lake, a very hope, uh, popular lodge and restaurant there. You know, it is it is in in southeastern Ohio, one of the larger state parks, and just a hop, skip, and a jump from the Hawking Hills. So, but Zaleski is sitting there just south of Lake Hope State Park. They don't even have a convenience store or a gas station, right? Uh, and it's a mystery to them why somebody hasn't invested in that just as a business thing, but it hasn't happened yet. So they're trying to get some public help for it. Another reason that they think something like a convenience store slash gas station would go is because of the increasing popularity of the Moonville Rail Trail yes. and the Moonville Tunnel, the haunted Moonville Tunnel, yes. where uh, hundreds of people go for events every year. There is the railroad crossing where you get on the um, trail to the Moonville uh, Tunnel. If it were right on the highway, that would help. But, you know, you have to, yeah, it's, it's you have a to walk or, have to walk or bike or, or, or drive back a kind of unimproved lane there about a half mile yeah. to get to a place where you can then walk to it, I think. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, but by the way, there the Haunted Ohio is doing an event tonight at Moonville. An evening Ooh. walk up there. Uh, well, that so, sounds fun. Uh, and, and that's been on the internet. And I, I think that will prove to be popular as well. But on this... Uh, There's it, the tunnel. Yes, there it is. Thank you very, Jim, for showing us that. But, uh, Do you see the ghost? Uh, I don't I have... I think I see one. I don't have the ESP. My, my, cat, my cat does, but I don't. The ghosts are down in the uh, lower left-hand corner of your screen. Okay. Yes. Oh, they are? Okay. All right. See we'll him. take... Yes, I do. Okay, well, James has a I better made, pair of I glasses made, than I do. I made Andy chuckle on that one. <laughs> okay, another skeptic sitting over there, no doubt. But uh, in Saturday's paper, we're going to have uh, some coverage uh, of uh, the situation in Zaleski, and Red Thompson Jr. Yeah. has a column going in where he will once again address uh, the uh, opportunities for tourism in uh, Zaleski because of the Moonville Tunnel. Yep. Okay, we mustn't forget about all the uh, travail and losses and hardships in eastern Kentucky because of oh the floods. Oh, my goodness. You know, we had a couple of relief drives here where people sent materials and money. Well, the Adena uh, Health System uh, 
has been doing a major one out of Chillicothe. I know that's up the road a little bit, but this is the last day to be able to contribute to that if you want to. From 8 to 4 p.m., you can go to the PACAR Medical Education Center, which is right there on the hospital campus. They're outside of Chillicothe, and you can drop off donations there. The, day, the donation site will be clearly marked outside the building, so you can uh, drop off items such as cleaning supplies, paper towels, bottled water, large plastic tote, shovels, push rooms, toilet paper, to-go food containers, non-perishable food items, industrial trash bags. All those things okay. are items of high need there in that flood-stricken area of eastern Kentucky. Monetary donations are being accepted online by Adina as well. At this time, they're asking for you not to bring clothing. But those are the things uh, that you can do. They've had that relief drive going on all week there okay. at the Adena Regional Health System. All right, I want to tell you about uh, a thing that they have done at the Vinton County Middle School in conjunction with the University of Rio Grande, Rio Grande uh, Community College and the MacArthur Center that they have right up there in MacArthur. They did what they call an adulting 101 class at the middle school. Uh, Great. And here is one of the students uh, at a graduation ceremony that Red mm -hmm. Thompson Jr. Uh, attended recently. That young man, uh, his name is... Gage Graves, he is getting a red chef's cap because he passed the cooking 101 class. Nice. That is where uh, some middle school students learn about basic things like cooking, uh, uh, basic auto mechanics. Love that. Uh, Such a good idea. Money matters type thing. Yes. Learn about checking accounts and, and online banking and how you do those things. Now, I, there was nothing like that when I came through school. Uh, there was some course they started my senior year called consumer education that's supposed to teach some of those things. But why wouldn't these things be introduced I, somehow in the schools? I don't in, know. In the curriculum or something extracurricular? I've always said we need to have, it should be something to graduate, common sense class. Mm -hmm. Just normal everyday things that you need to do you know, and, how and you know do about. A, how you do a tax return or at least yeah. introduce you to it. So Balance when your you checking to, account. When you have to do I mean, it as an adult, it's not, oh my God, what the heck do I do? <laughs> so uh, this Adulting 101 class uh, was held for several weeks uh, in the summer at the Vinton County Middle School. That's great. It was a collaboration between the Vinton County Schools and uh, the, Rio, the MacArthur Center of the University of Rio Grande, Rio Grande Community College. Thought that was very neat. Red Thompson went up there to cover the graduation. We'll be covering that here in one of our next editions coming on. Love that. All right. A couple of really neat things happening uh, this weekend that we know about, but I'm going to remind you, the Jackson Area YMCA doing its Community Appreciation Night uh, this Friday. All sorts of things uh, beginning at the Y at 6 o'clock. Uh, they're going to do uh, at 8 o'clock that 5K Glow Run walk around town starting at the Y and yes. ending up at the Y. Uh and this is to uh, not only promote the why, promote the why, but also kind of to thank the community and uh, confirm, hey, they've got a new floor there and a new era has begun at the Jackson area YMCA. So they want the public to attend that. A lot of fun things. You can learn about yep. how to use the weight room equipment a lot of free there. Stuff. You can yeah. see the new floor there. Uh, there will be food available. Uh, Michael's ice cream will be out there with their bubbles. Pizza Hut will be there. With, uh, with doing some vending, and there'll be a taco truck out there as well. Mm -hmm. Face painting, inflatables, a dunk tank, 
etc. I understand they'd like to dunk the horse queen. No, I understood that they wanted to dunk the news yeah, guy. Newspaper editors. Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. All I, newspaper I editors All, are yeah. fair game. Well, that's that's what what I must heard. have got lost in my email or something. No, I have a valid excuse. We are having our our beer club meeting on Friday night, so I can't be there. Okay. All right. Well, you you've got an excuse then, but it should be a lot of fun. Yes. That's it's this going Friday to be great. evening. Then on Saturday, of course, I know that Amanda talked about this when she was here yes. what, yesterday. The Jackstone Memorial fly-in out at the airport, and that is one of the airplanes that should be there, weather permitting. That is a 1938 Boeing Stearman. It will be on display at the fly-in uh, this Saturday at the James A. Rhodes Airport in Jackson. This was a World War II training airplane. Uh, the caretaker of that airplane, Kevin Carroll, will be there as well. That's right. And so Weather's looking good, isn't it, James? So far? Saturday. It's good to me. 80 degrees and sunny. 80 degrees and sunny. sunny. I mean, mean, that's not bad. (laughs) We'll take it. That's not bad. But but this is an opportunity, the fly-in event. uh, It's kind of like a a continuation of the 50th year anniversary they had for the James A. Rhodes Airport uh, last year. They were going to do it two years ago. COVID happened, and then they had a big thing last year. So why don't we do something like this every year? So smaller scale, but it should still be nice. It's oh, a great it's way so for fun. the general public to go to a nice family event and also learn a bit about the airport and see what's out there. Right on. Right. And so once again, that is 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. The fly-in part will be 9 a.m. to 11. So it looks like there'll be certainly the weather will cooperate for airplanes. To fly Love in. that. The public portion of the event is 11 to 3. Once again, airports on the air or air um, airplanes on display. Uh, there will also be. Um, uh, the the high, high State Highway Patrol, the Butler County Sheriff there. Uh, there'll be a pancake breakfast also starting at 9 o'clock. Plane rides, weather permitting, also from Dewey Davenport as well. The airport is located on Keystone Road near Jackson. If you don't know where you're going, you know, tell, tell, tell them how to get there, Jennifer. Uh, to the airport? Yes. Okay. If you're so, coming from, from, from Jackson. So if you're coming from Jackson, just head on out to... Uh... I'm trying to think the easiest way. So More head than on one out. Way. Uh, yeah, there's only one way. What? Oh no, go ahead. Oh, you got it. Head on out uh, 35 toward Gal Police. You can turn right onto Standpipe Road, make an immediate left onto Hanley Road, and follow it um, down. I don't know. What would you say? About a mile, mile and a half. And then you'll you'll can't make a, there's it. then there's signs. Yeah, once yes, you, you get that far, you can't. You, miss you will it. see it. And there's yeah. also signs off State Route 93 if you go that way. Correct. Too. And you and can you go 93. To, as yeah, you well. have to bend a little bit, but you'll see it. Just follow the road. You'll just get there. Follow the road, and it's super easy. And you know, again, the most important mile in the county. So um, you can't miss a mile long runway. It's it's there. <laughs> exactly. It may be surrounded by corn, but it's there. <laughs> a lot, a lot of improvements have been made at yeah, the Jackson County amazing. Airport in 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 recent years. Yes. Out there, new terminal building that was built several it's years so ago. So nice. Very, very important. Very important to the county, and it's not on a main highway or anything, so it's easy to ignore, forget, or or take for granted. But we, sure. we can't do that. All right. Uh, the rain came last Saturday, and so it, that really put a damper. A damper literal dampener on the free community swim day in Oak Hill. That was where the village was going to spring for a free day for everybody. Kids and adults 
Well, of course, it rained pretty much all day. Yeah. They're going to do it Saturday again. Oh, good. It's okay. This Saturday, the Free That's Community great. Swim Day in Oak Hill at the Margaret Ann Pool there on Washington Street. Much the, better day. The pool will be open from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Free admission for everybody. Uh, the Oak Hill Village Council has allocated $500 um, to take care of the expenses. So, uh, because, you know, they don't print money. <laughs> so. No. So the village is actually throwing in five hundred dollars, so awesome. they can pay the staff and take care of the expenses involved and in letting everybody in free. Uh, by the way, the pool will be closing for the season on Saturday, okay. August the fourteenth. I know it's still hot in August, but you know attendance, of course, is driven by the school kids. Well, sure, and school is starting. Uh, also, don't forget, and I don't know if do you have a story about the dog swim. Yes, the dog swim. I'm glad you said that. I, did, I didn't. I didn't print out a release on that, so I might have forgot to say it. But it's such a neat event. I'll be there. That means that the last day for the Hillcrest Pool, the city pool in Jackson, is Sunday. Actually, the, for the public, I think the last day would Saturday. be Saturday. Yes, <laughs> because on Sunday it's for the doggies. It's all goes to it's the, for the dogs. doggies and their owners, and that makes for some cute pictures and scenes. And it the, is the dog, hilarious. The, the dogs are as happy as any kid in the pool. It seems like to me. You are not kidding. And you <coughs> see dogs of all shapes and sizes just swimming away in the pool. And uh, so I'll try to grab. Um, I'm planning on being there and Miss Marley. So we'll uh, try to grab some photos. And, that, that's and good. I, th I think Jeremiah Shaver, you'll you probably run into him out there. Okay. And our man James Hamilton will be down at the uh, at the fly-in taking some Very pictures good. and doing yeah. some coverage for us. So it looks like weather-wise, it's going to be a, a, a great weekend all the way around. It's going to be great. Um, this is an indoor thing, but this is worth going to as well. And that is the quilt show at the Marquet Cultural Arts Center. Oh, cool. Uh, that actually got kicked off on Thursday evening, August the 4th with their opening night reception. That is one of the veteran quilters in Jackson County. And there are a few. Yes. Sharon Brown there with that very interesting design, colorful design that she has. Uh, the Marquet, of course, located in downtown Jackson. Uh, and you can uh, see, you can go in free to the gallery, of course, whenever it's open. And it's open now. The current hours are Tuesday through Saturday. 12 p.m. to 5, so that's a lot of opportunity to see those quilts. And from years and years of covering the Marquet and the, you know, the monthly exhibits that they have or every uh -huh. six weeks, how often it is, I'm always amazed at those quilts. When oh. they're all together on the wall, you know, somebody say quilt show, art, all you have to do is oh, take a look. Take a look at them. Take a look yeah. at the time that goes into that. Just so absolutely <clears throat> unbelievable. And it is a lot of the same ladies who have done it for years and years. And there's a few younger ones, second or third generation quilters, yes. most of them. So that is definitely worth a look-see and doesn't cost you a dime. That's right. All right. Uh, up MacArthur Way, Zen Brothers Automotive, which is a, a fairly new business in MacArthur. Mm -hmm. uh, they are going to have a school supply cruise in. They call it a last minute one because school starts next week. Love it. But it, <coughs> excuse me, it will be at the old McClure's restaurant lot there on Main Street. Okay. From 2 to 6 p.m. The school will have a school supply list on what is needed. It is on the Facebook page for Zen Brothers Auto Automotive. But basically, any school supplies, basic school supplies will be accepted. Great. Food and drinks will be sold. There'll be a 50 50 raffle as well. Uh, and you can also bring, if uh, you know it, it, it's inconvenient for you to buy some school supplies, you can make a monetary donation, and they'll make sure, sure. to buy what is needed for the schools. All money at this school last-minute school supply drive will go 
to provide local children with school supplies that are needed for the upcoming school year. This is in the Benton County local school district. All right, and one other nice thing that I wanted to tell you about, Jennifer, uh, the Hope United Methodist Church does this, and they do this once a month during the good weather and when COVID isn't going on, but it is called their community, their free community meal. Sometimes it's a lunch, sometimes it's a dinner in the evening. This coming week on Wednesday, it will be a free community lunch. The church is located on the corner of First, of First Street and New York Avenue, one of the larger, larger churches in Wellston. Anybody can go. You don't have to be a church member or whatever. It's not just, you know, for, for folks who, uh, you know, it's hard for them to get a meal. It's, it's, it's a social thing. Yeah. And you can go out. there and sit down. You can do takeout service as well. But this week uh, at the um, community lunch, they'll be having chicken salad on a croissant, chips, and fresh watermelon takeout service once again will be available. They do something different every month, whether it's dinner or lunch, and it's always home-cooked, delicious food. Heck Those yeah. church people are very, very friendly, and just so many nice things go on. We just don't have time to tell you about all of them. No, you're right, and that makes your job worthwhile, right, Pete? There are many more nice things than bad things. Yes, we hope. <laughs> but, but we'll tell you about all of them to the degree that I can find out. That's right. Hey, one more thing to talk about before we yeah. get out of here. Uh, we had an imposter yesterday, Jennifer. I saw that. What yeah. the heck happened? So, uh, don't be a jerk. So, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Somebody created a fake Main Street TV page on Facebook yesterday, and was telling people that they had won the Kenny Chesney ticket giveaway. That That's has not mean. happened yet. Yeah, we haven't even yeah. given the tickets so, away yet. Tomorrow on the show, live on the show, we will be drawing two winners of two four packs of Kenny Chesney tickets. That's exactly right. And you still have time to enter. So go yeah. to the Main Street TV page, um, comment, um, share, and and like the post. And that will get you put into the drawing. It's that yeah. simple. So, yeah, and we've had quite a few entries, I think. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, everybody has an equal chance of winning, but nobody's won yet. That's right. So if you got one of those things, don't click on it because God knows where it's going to take you or it's what it's going to do. It's going to steal your identity Your computer probably. or something. Yeah. yeah. We want to be careful about that. So, all right. Well, have to get out of here for the day. Thank you, Pete, for spending your morning well, with us. That is all right. Always glad to come here and spend time. Of course. And uh, thank you to James and Andy. Andy's behind the scenes too today, learning all the ropes since I'm a James. Part of this. Yes. James is leaving us next week to go. Well, he'll be back. He's just going on a vacay. Okay. A well deserved vacay for having to put up with all of us. So. Well. <laughs> no comment. No comment. All right. All right. Have a great day, everyone. We appreciate you so much for tuning in, and we'll be right back here tomorrow on Friday to give away those Kenny Chesney tickets. Bye-bye.